Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 274 of the Real Estate Rundown. Today, you're going to want to tune in because I am interviewing Mark Podolsky, and he is going to tell us how he is turning land into the right investment. He's going to show us how not do land the wrong way, how to work smarter, not harder, how to automate your business to take advantage of the business instead of letting the business take advantage of you. So you're definitely going to want to tune in as Mark and I talk about what to do to invest in land the right way here on the Real Estate Rundown. Hey, guys, welcome back. It's episode 274, and I am with Mark Podolsky. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Shannon, so happy to be here. I'm doing great. My pulse is normal. My respiration is fine. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. So, Mark, where are you in the world these days? Where are you at? So I live in Phoenix. But okay. right now I'm in La Jolla, California. Awesome. Because in Phoenix, it's like scorching hot. Yeah. And here it's 70 degrees. So well, all summer, like I can go. too many in Phoenix, right? Yeah. I go back and forth. Awesome. Awesome. So Mark, you're, you're involved in the land investment part of the real estate business. Tell us a little bit more about that and how you got involved in that. So if we rewind the tape to 2000, I was a miserable, micromanaged, overstressed, 45-minute commute (laughs) to work and back investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And Shannon, it got so bad for me, I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he's telling me as a side hustle, He's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. Well, I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company, great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Average company is 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So I don't believe him. So I go to New Mexico with him. I got three grand saved up for car repairs. I do exactly what he tells me to do. I buy up 10 half acre parcels, an average price of $300 each. I flip them online and they all sell for an average price of $1,200 each. It worked 300%. So I took all that money. I went to another auction. Again, this is in Arizona where I live. Again, it's 2000. There's no one in the room. And I'm buying up lots and I'm buying up acreage for nothing. And over the next six months, I sold all that property. And I made over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife. She's pregnant. I'm like, honey, I'm going to quit my job and become a full-time land investor. And she's like, absolutely not. So I said, (laughs) okay, okay. So it took me about 18 months for the land investing income to finally exceed 
the investment banking income, and then I quit. And I've been doing it full-time ever since. I've done over 6,000 transactions now, and I absolutely love it. So what do you say to the people that go, yeah, but that was 2000, that wasn't now? I mean, there's no deals to be had now. Nothing can be bought cheap, and there's no auctions and COVID moratoriums. I mean, what are your answers to all those questions? We're doing deals every day. You know, basically the ratio, so I agree, like what I paid for a year ago, I'm paying 25% more for than I was a year ago for the same property, but the ratios are the same. Now I'm, I'm marking up 25% more than I was selling it for. So the ratios are still staying, staying the same. So Shannon, if you want, let me walk you exactly through the model and then great. you'll see why, why, how this works. Okay. So where do you live? I live in uh, Boise, Idaho. You're in Boise, Idaho. Okay. So I'm going to pretend that you own 10 acres of raw land in Arizona, where I live. Okay. And you owe $200 in back taxes. Okay. So you're advertising two important things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to that raw land. You're in Idaho, the property's in Arizona. And number two, you're distressed financially in some weird way because you're not paying your taxes. And we don't pay for things. We don't value them in the same way. Sure. So all I'm going to do is look at the comparable sales on that 10-acre parcel that you own for the last 12 to 18 months. I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale. And I'm going to divide by four. And that's going to give me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I'm going to send you an actual offer on that 10-acre parcel. Let's say it's the lowest comp is 10 grand. I'm going to send you an offer for $2,500. Now, you accept the offer because this entire time you haven't paid your property taxes, the county treasurer keeps sending you a notice saying, Shannon, if you don't pay your taxes, we're going to auction off that property to a tax deed or tax lien investor. So you accept it. Now, in reality, three to 5% of people accept my quote unquote top dollar offer of 25 cents a dollar. Now that you've accepted it, I'm going to go through due diligence or in-depth research. I'm going to confirm you still own the property. I'm going to confirm that the back taxes are only $200. I'm going to make sure there's been no breaks in the chain of title. I'm going to make sure there's no liens or encumbrances. I'm going to find out what's compelling about the property. Is there legal access? A big checklist that I outsource to my team in the Philippines that's connected to an American title company. Now, if I was spending more than $5,000, I'd bypass that process. I'd close through a traditional title company, but for $2,500, I'll trust these guys. So everything checks out. I'm going to buy the property from you for $2,500. And now here is where it becomes fun. I'm going to sell this property 30 days or less. I'm going to make a cash flow like a house. So Shannon, I have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? I have no idea. The neighbors, the neighbors. So I'm going to send out neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity. Protect your view, protect your privacy, know your neighbor. So oftentimes the neighbors will buy it. Now, if they pass, I go to my buyer's list. My buyer's list passes. I go to a little website you may have heard of called Craigslist. It's the 10th most trafficked website in the United States. I'll go to an even smaller one, Facebook, the buy-sell groups, marketplace, and then I'll go to the lands, landmoto.com, landandfarm.com, landsofamerica.com, landflip.com, landhub.com, all these platforms where people buy and sell raw land. Now, the way that I'm going to sell it, I'm like, as really the magic, I'm going to make it irresistible. So I'm $2,500 into your 10-acre parcel. Right. So all I'm going to ask for is a $2,500 down payment for you to control 
that 10 acre parcel. And I'm gonna get a car payment, $449 a month, 9% interest over the next 84 months. So it's a one-time sale. I'm gonna get my capital out on the down. I might go six to 10 months out. Then I'm gonna get $449 a month, 9% interest over the next 84 months, no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with the tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. So the game that we play is can we create enough of these land notes where our passive income now exceeds our fixed expenses and we're working because we want to, not because we have to. So can you really offer the no rodent guarantee? <laughs> or maybe in Arizona, it's the uh, jungle rat or the horn toad or something like that, right? No rodents, because it's just raw land. What do I care? Yeah. No, I, most pieces of raw land have some sort of whistle pig on it or something like that, but that's an interesting model. So what does that entail? I mean, when you're looking to find your land, what percentage of the people that you're sending letters to are actually opening and responding? Three to 5%. Three to 5%. Okay. Three to 5%. So, now, if it's so, under 3%, I came in too low on my offer. And if it's over 5%, I probably came in too high and I have to retrade. Okay. And yet you're not the one sending out the offers, right? Isn't that your virtual assistants or are you actually doing that? Okay. So this is my whole philosophy in life is essentially I can always make more money. I can't get more time. Right. So I'm going to automate 90% of this business with software on the front end, inexpensive virtual assistants in the middle, software on the back end. So I use a program called lgpass.com. What software was that? It's called lgpass.com. Okay. So we upload our list into lgpass. It then does the mailings for me. It's about 60 cents for first class mail. It'll do address verification automatically. And then once that mail comes back, we get our offers back. Then we have our team handle that seller. And sometimes the seller just wants to yell at you. Sometimes they are curious about the offer. Sometimes they want to renegotiate. So that intake manager handles that piece and they take it through the software. They're taking notes down all the way down to closing where what used to take me 20 minutes in paperwork, purchase sale agreement, land sale contract, and promissory note takes one second, just pressing a button and we automatically send out the paperwork. Then on the back end is geekpay.io that automates the note collection. So we get our down payment and then we do on a recurring basis, the ACH or the checking account from our new buyer. And that handles all the notifications. It does all the journal entries. It does all the, all the math, everything that we're going to want. And then our borrower can go in because it used to, you know, used to always annoy me. Hey, Mark, what's my current balance? Or, and then now they can go, can I make a prepayment this month? They can go in and, and self-serve and do it themselves. So and then in between there, we have our virtual assistant team in the Philippines doing our due diligence. And then we have our acquisition manager closing the deals and managing the marketing team that's also based in the Philippines, marketing the properties. So we have a small team, but this way we can scale and we can do about a deal a day uh, for volume. And how long did it take you? You said it took you 18 months, but you were working full-time. Well, you were working more than full-time. You were working 65 hours a week. It took you 18 months, but what is the typical time frame if someone's wanting to do this to be able to send out the letters, get the responses, start to build that pipeline? What does that typically take? We tell our clients 
really spend about two hours a day, a focused two hours a day, not check email, check social media, like really a focused two hours a day working in the business and learning it and building it out. So my goal is to get everybody out of what I call solo economic dependency, which means if they're not personally working, they're not making any money. Right. And this is the way to get out of it. But the last thing I want anyone to do is build another job for themselves. So we right. really want to get them out of the business entirely. So I work about two hours a week in Frontier Properties. Okay. And were you one of the principals in LandGeek or is that just a, a software that you found that works for your purposes or? Oh, yeah. So LG Pass, I developed as well as okay. GeekPay.io. So okay. it's, it's made by land investors for land investors. Yeah, that's what I thought. And that's where when you were talking about it so comfortably, I kind of got a sense that you probably had a lot to do with how exactly it processed. You came from an investment banking background. You right. get into land deals. Now all of a sudden you find yourself as a software developer. How did you how did you pull all that together to build your own software? So, well, LG Pass was was basically I need this. So I'm a geek and I have a mentor who's also a geek and he comes from Silicon Valley space. So he could help me find the right people to develop this out. Then I was using a solution that I thought was really good to manage my notes, but they were nickel and diming me. And if you ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, I created my own spite store. I'm like, you know what? I can do this better. And so... I did. <laughs> so yeah. I created a spite store yeah. and, and did it. Well, but that's, I mean, look, I mean, necessity is the mother of invention, right? I mean, you, you needed this, you needed it to work properly. You needed it. I mean, and the reason that I asked that question is there's so much software out there that are built by people who build software, not by people right. who actually do the work that the software is supposed to help with. And you wind up beating your head against a wall, trying to figure out how to make this stupid software do real world things. And I think that that's important that people know that this is built by a land investor for land investors in order to make sure that they make the right decisions and that this thing actually has a flow and a pattern to it that makes sense, right? Because so often that's not the case. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's nice to know that when you have something that you personally want, you're talking to the owner who's actually using the same software as you in their own business, like, oh, that is a good idea. Let's do that. And so we're continually making updates that everyone can benefit from because I benefit from it, then they benefit from it. Do you only buy the land from the mailings or do you actually then go to the auctions still now and and go through that process as well if you get no response? In a market like this, I I don't want to go to the auction. It's so competitive. I want to get the property before it goes to auction. Now, if you know, like let's rewind the tape to 2008. Well, auctions were great. No one in the room, no one really had a lot of cash. So, you know, the only reason I survived during the Great Recession was I was doing all cash deals. So I wasn't leveraged. Like my, my buddies who used leverage, they had bigger houses and cars than me, but sure. then they were out, out of the game because they were over leveraged. Right. Where, you know, I took it a, a much slower approach. So, Right now, I would say I'm avoiding auctions. I'm really doing the mailers. I'll buy wholesale from people as well, as long as they leave enough meat on the bone for me as the retailer. But otherwise, if I'm not getting it in 
from a wholesaler or a direct mail, then this is more advanced. Most people don't do what I do, but I, I, you know, if I'm doing a bulk deal because I've got more capital to deploy, you know, maybe I go to a tax lien fund and they've got a bunch of land, they got a spreadsheet off their books, and then I can buy, you know, in bulk there. So there's always sort deal flow sources, depending on what part of the monopoly board you're playing in. Right. So are you still putting in two hours a day into this business or have you completely automated it and and essentially stepped away? No, I'm probably more two hours a week now in the business. Okay. So Mondays are my terminal days. Mondays and Fridays are what I call my terminal days. I theme my week. So I always pretend this is my last day on earth. How do I want to spend that day? And it's usually doing very simple things. I want to spend time with my family and my friends, meditate, work out, connect, essentially with my important relationships. Tuesdays are my podcast days and I have my own podcast. And then on Wednesday, I have my team meetings and we just talk to the team. And then Thursday is going to be client meetings. And then Friday is my my terminal day. So, but within Frontier Properties, it's it's about 30 minutes a week, making sure that numbers are, are, are going the way they need to go. Right. So if I were to ask you, what was the last deal you did? Would you even know? No, I wouldn't know the last deal I did. I, I can tell you that we're and doing that's truly well. automated, right? I mean, that truly is truly automated. automated. Yeah, I had a meeting this this morning with my acquisition manager, and he said we're killing it. We can't keep anything in inventory, and he feels like Marty Bird. If you ever watch Ozark, there's a lot of pressure. We don't want cash, so right. cash is trash. Like, there's a lot of pressure. Like, get that money out of that account. Right. Buy land. Buy land. Buy land. Right. So there's, there's pressure. Right. Yeah, so yeah. how many transactions are you doing a week? So, you know, we want to do- You know that number, right? <laughs> a deal, yeah. We want to do a deal a day. So okay. our goal is a deal a day. Okay. And how is that going with even, I mean, everybody hears about the tax strategy sale. Everybody hears about these strategies and everybody takes them out of context as far as when they work. Right. And so I'm just, I'm curious- you're even in as hot a market as we have, you're still doing a deal a day. You're still getting a three to 5% return on the mailings that you send out. You've got every day, you've got a guy paying his last 84 month payment. You've got a guy paying his first 84 month payment. You're getting a down payment every day. One of these things is happening for you and is continuing that in perpetual motion and has automated for the last how long? 20 years now. 20 well, years. I didn't, actually, I didn't start automating until, I shouldn't say that. I, I didn't figure this stuff out probably till I don't know, maybe 2010. <laughs> it took oh, oh right, right. So, so you actually worked nine of the last 20 years is what you're saying. I worked nine of the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, well, is, everybody break out miserable. the violins for Mark, right? I mean, I know. That, and that's that's so great. And so the original guy that you that you went to the auction with that, that showed you how to do this, is is he the mentor you mentioned? He he really wasn't a mentor, like he was kind of blindly in the blind. He just knew it before me. And then, you know, we were just kind of doing it together. Then he started doing his own thing and I started doing my own thing. Is he still doing it? He's still doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're a deal junkie, you don't ever stop doing this. Well, that's what I've heard, but you know, I, you know, and and you go to the title agencies and you see the old guys still doing deals. So I'm hoping I'm one of those guys that's still doing deals. You know, so as people get involved with this, what is the right way to get started? I mean, do you just where do you get a list? 
Well, I mean, first of all, like you got to figure out what county you want to be in. I mean, Shannon, let's, let's face it, right? Nobody wakes up, thinks to themselves, boy, I like some raw land in Minnesota today, unless you live in Minnesota. Well, and right? I, I was hoping you weren't going to say Idaho because I actually did wake up with that thought today. So I was, well, I'm glad well, you threw out Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Idaho's nice. Yeah. But, you know, so I'm going to focus on the Southwest. I want New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, Texas. California, Nevada, a little bit in the Northwest, Oregon, Washington, and then Florida. We're doing a big development deal right now in Tennessee. I'll do some deals in Arkansas, Missouri. Those are pretty areas. But for the most part, I want my biggest buyer pool. So we're going to get the best buyer, the biggest and best buyer pool in those areas. So that's really where we want to focus on first. And then from there, you know, getting a list isn't difficult. It's public information. Right. Now, if, if let's say it's an older county, maybe I'll have to buy a list and I'll go to datatree.com. And if you're listening to this, you can get a discount, datatree.com forward slash the land geek. There's my shameless plug. There you the go. You got to have those, man. Come on. There you go. So, you know, you can do that as well and you can get a list. So, you know, any list beats no list essentially. And then use the software to automate it. If, if you're super cheap, you don't want to automate it, get your kids to handwrite the envelopes whatever you want to do, but get that mail out. So when someone's wanting to start with this, I mean, how big of a list do you need to start? It depends on how much capital you have. So let's just use some round numbers. And if we're getting a three to 5% response rate, well, after due diligence, maybe we got a 1% close rate. So for every hundred offers, we're going to do a deal. So if you're wanting to do 365 deals a year, or do you take Saturdays and Sundays off? No, no, no time off. Okay. So 365 deals a year, you're going to need to send out 365,000 letters. Correct. And you're going to spend 60 cents on each one. So you're going to be about $200,000 in expenses in that first year to do 365 deals. Right. But you're calling it an expense. I'm calling it an investment. Well, because my returns, my return on that mail is massive. Sure. So if I was a newbie, the way that we train our clients, it's like the seven minute workout, right? So if I said, hey, you're going to start and you're going to do a two hour workout today, how many people are going to drop out? But if I say, look, seven minutes is all I want you to do. So we recommend 20 offers a day because if you're starting out and you're doing a thousand offers a day or something, you can't handle the due diligence. Right. You don't have the the team built out. So you want to start out slowly. You want to manage your growth. Mm -hmm. 20 offers a day is really what we recommend to start. Okay. So that's something that, and those, do you repurpose that list? Do you hit that list more than once? Do you send out one letter and call it a day? Do you, I mean... You know, we're going to email every 90 days to a profitable okay. county. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you're really about teaching people how to automate that process, get your list, get started, and move forward with this with a minimal of investment. I mean, you call it what you want. There's a minimal upfront cost because by the time you've made your offer, you know, you may have spent a couple hundred dollars in mailers before you've got offers that are coming back and being accepted. I mean, 
if I do the numbers correctly, and you're talking about 20 a day, I'm going to be several months before I've hit my 300 and I'm going to have three active offers just by the numbers. Right. Um, if you want to shortcut it, we've got a free course I'd love to offer your, your listeners. Sure, go um, ahead. It's thelandgeek.com forward slash quick deals. And it's a wholetailing model. So you can eliminate the mailings and just buy wholesale from somebody and then sell at retail. So you eliminate the mailing investment upfront, but you speed up that process. So you can make, instead of you know maybe 300 to 1,000%, maybe you're making 200 to 500%, but then you can use that money and reinvest either into more wholesale or then start investing into more traditional retail deals and sure. going through that process. But the best way to learn anything is to do it. So you can dip your toe in the water that way with really minimal risk, really minimal effort, see if you can double your money in 30 days or less, and then decide, okay, this is something that resonates with me and go a little bit deeper into the model. Nice. Well, that's definitely interesting. You know, Why is it so simple, but not very many people do it? It's not sexy. You're not going to go on HGTV or the DIY network and see flip this land. The before pictures are all land. The after <laughs> pictures are all land, right? You don't go out and see every single one and pick up the, oh, this is caliche. This is good. This is good building material, Clay. Oh, this is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you just, so there's, it's really boring, <laughs> really boring. Yeah. So I think that's one, you know, that's number one. Number two, it's not a visual medium as well in, in the sense that, we can all understand the sense that everyone needs a place to live. Right. Nobody needs raw land, but 99% of what we have in our lives, we don't need. People want it, but right. they don't need it. So I True. think that's also another barrier to entry. I think number three is, you know, if we look at, let's say, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrants, you got the E's employee, S is self employed, think doctors, lawyers, small business, B's big business, and then I's investments. Well, we're asking you to start in the S quadrant and quickly go into the B quadrant, and which then leads into the I quadrant and become a full-time investor. Mm -hmm. So, but it's really starting a business right? to build out this team, build out the automation. So if you're not entrepreneurial, this is an active investment strategy. It's not like other ways to, to build passive income for sure. Oh. What would you, if someone's looking to get started and, and they're, you know, they're just your average person, it sounds like this thing is ideally suited for the average person, but what kind of capital do they need to get started on this journey? I start with three grand. My buddy Duran started $800. I tell people, you know, you got $500 to $5,000, you, you can get going. So $500,000? No, 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. No, you sound like a televangelist at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and if you don't have $500, probably not for you. <laughs> you you probably need to get something else going on. Yeah. Yeah. But well, and, you know, like there's, Mike Zeno, there's goals, right? I mean, you've got to yeah. I mean, some people might need that step to get the get motivated to get the $500 to get in the game, right? But yeah, after yeah. that, you've made your first step. Now this can be your second. Yeah, my, Mike Zeno, uh, he started 40 grand in debt and he was able to get out of debt in his first year just doing cash flips. Yeah. And then, you know, he started building up his business from there. That's great. That's great. 
Well, Mark, this is super interesting just because of how you never hear about it. Right. I mean, it's almost a conspiracy theory because you never hear about it. Nobody, you're right. Nobody's on DIY with this. Uh, you know, you're not, Oprah's not talking about it. There's not book deals involved. But what do you say to the naysayers? I mean, everybody has those, right? I mean, people don't want to believe it. But what do you say to the people that say, Mark, this, this can't be done? Well, I mean, okay. So investment, Mark says, okay. Right. And then, you know, the person, the, the helpful part of me, the person that wants to help you get out of solo economic dependency, you know, maybe you can buy into that, right? And maybe this model isn't right for you. And that's okay. I'm more interested in people living their best lives right. and becoming totally free to work when they want, where they want, with whom they want. I'm teaching a model I think is great, but maybe it's not great for them. But as long as they're doing something like that, and then once you've solved your money problems and your time problems, you can move up Maslow's hierarchy of needs into self-actualization and really figure out what you want to do in life. I think that's really the big problem that I'm trying to solve. So I don't really care what that... I mean, I'd like to say that figure it out for yourself, try it yourself. You know, I'm from Missouri, we're the show me state. I didn't believe it either. That's what I would say, but I don't want to be in the convincing business. Well, and that's, see, and, and Mark, I think your answer is perfect because what I've found is that the more someone tries to sell you on something, the more it is exactly that it's a sales job where someone's trying to inform you and go, look, I can't you know, lead a horse to water, but I can't make a drink. I mean, I showed you the opportunity. If it's for you, great. If not, you know, no big deal, but it's interesting because people will discount it before they even try it. And that's one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is that I get to interview all kinds of people. And, and since I'm not I'm really real estate agnostic, right? I mean, from insurance agents to property managers to guys like yourself that are talking about land. I mean, this is not something I've been, I've been in, I'm a fourth generation realtor. I, I should have heard of this, right? But I haven't. <laughs> this is my first exposure. But that doesn't, right. that doesn't negate it and make it unreal. And that's the thing that I love about this podcast because even I'm able to learn something new. And teaching an old dog like me is pretty, pretty substantial. I mean, you know, new tricks is definitely not something. Uh, I hear about all the time. So this is really great information. I appreciate you giving this to our listeners. Where can they find you in the great wide world of the internet? I mean, you, you mentioned it a couple of times, but I just want to get it out there. Where can they find you? I think the best place to start is thelandgeek.com. Okay. Really and, simple, uh, guys. Go there. Yeah. Really simple. Well, thanks for being with us today, Mark. I'm looking forward to everything that you've got on your stuff here and seeing, digging into it a little bit deeper. I've already bookmarked the land geek or an LG pass. I've already bookmarked on my, on my window browser here. And thanks guys for tuning into the real estate rundown. Don't forget to like share and subscribe to the real estate pod chaser, Spotify and iTunes. I'm getting a little tongue tied here and wherever you get your podcast, so you'll get automatic updates. You can also find us on Instagram and YouTube. Leave us a review. I love to hear your feedback. And if you like what Mike had to share today, and you want to go ahead and follow, give him a follow on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. You can also find him at the best passive income model anywhere. And you can check out thelandgeek.com. So, Mark, if you want to say any closing words. Yeah, Shannon, I, I, you know, I like to close off with a, a Zig Ziglar quote. If you'll do for the next three to five years what other people won't do, you'll be able to do for the rest of your life what other people can't do. It's an awesome way to close this out, Mark. I sure appreciate you showing up on the show. Appreciate that. And guess I hope you guys had a 
you got something out of this and we'll see you next time on the real estate rundown. That's a wrap for today's episode of the real estate rundown. Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnett.com and be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends and subscribe. Until the next episode.